Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 272. My name is Brando. Couple O authors for you today coming up later on in the program. Greg Renoff. Uh, author of Van Halen Rising. He did the Ted Templeman autobiography, the, the super producer who worked with Van Halen. So anything Van Halen, I'm going to Greg Renoff. And we're going to talk to him in Shotgun News because we haven't spoken about it on the podcast yet. The new North American dates for Guns N' Roses. Some rescheduled, some brand new, but concerts are, are here. And it's great. So we're going to talk to Greg about... Wolfgang Van Halen opening for Guns N' Roses on those North American dates. I think it's an absolute home run, but I'm going to save my thoughts for Greg. Uh, But first, another repeat guest, another guy we've had on the show before, author uh, John Wiederhorn. He is the author of Louder Than Hell, Raising Hell, Backstage Tales from Metal Legends. And now he has a new podcast on iHeartRadio called Backstaged the Devil in Metal. So let's get John on the podcast. Hey, John, how are you? I'm all right, Brandon. You? I'm living the dream. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> are we all? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, something like that. A uh, dream or a nightmare, but still, I mean, things are obviously calming down. To I dream of going back to rock shows. Exactly. That was where I was leading to it, and you just cut right to the chase. So <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, John. And I'm excited for your, your new podcast. I know you have a few episodes out already. But how did this idea spark to talk about the, you know, the devil in metal? It seems so obvious, but it's not, I think. Right. Well, I did a, a book called um, Raising Hell Backstage Tales from the Lives of Metal Legends. Right. And uh, that was done for Diversion, uh, Diversion Books. That was in the January of 2020. Yeah. And, and uh, they... Um, decided to to uh, start a, a podcast division uh, and they got iHeart on board. So they went to some of their writers and said, hey, you know, is this something that you would want to do with a podcast? Fortunately, I was one of the writers that came to. I said, I'd love to do a metal podcast. But we decided it couldn't follow the uh, the storyline of, of, of Raising Hell or the structure of Raising Hell because that was a bunch of anecdotes, you know, piled one after another in sure. history style. Uh, and I really wanted to do a narrative podcast. It was more like a true crime podcast. Okay. I love I love the way those start with a story and a very descriptive tale that starts in a uh, on a particular subject and and takes it to its conclusion. So uh, the the first idea was okay when we when we thought of the devil in metal as an episode, it would be about uh, tracing the occult in metal and uh, what the first bands were that brought occult to this to this uh, music form. And whether they were serious about it and then through history, which bands, uh, you know, were really embracing demonic uh, occultism for empowerment and which ones just used it as shock value or just to have cool looking skulls and back, you know, upside down crosses right. on stage. 
And I found that really almost everyone was in it for the kind of horror effect, the way that, uh, you know, Stephen King or Clive Barker okay. uses, uses horror. They weren't really Satanists. Some were. And uh, I talked to some of them. Uh, we addressed the idea of the satanic panic in the 80s when uh, parents burned their kids' record collections after uh, Geraldo Rivera decided that uh, that this kind of music is evil for children and right. makes them do horrible things. So with that as the idea, like, well, the whole thing can't be about the devil, but we love the title. And then really those kinds of people who watch Geraldo and believed in what he was saying are the kinds of people who think this is the devil's music. Mm. And if metal is the devil's music, then let's look at all the elements that go into metal, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, alcohol, um, particular bands and their influence, uh, the, the rise of, of Black Sabbath and, uh, you know, the, the evolution of Judas Priest and how someone like Rob Halford, specifically Rob, we did, I did a two-part episode on Priest and, and Rob, and uh, how, how he had this internal battle for decades where he was uh, a gay man in a very, very macho heavy metal band in a, a, a time that was, you know, both misogynistic and homophobic. Right. So he uh, had to be in the closet for decades and it tore him apart and drove him to alcoholism and ruined relationships. And yet he was the metal god. So he... he talks about all that in his book confess but uh, i've talked to him many times over the years so he really opened up to me um to in a, in a way that really complements what he says in, in confess and it's it's really powerful stuff um yeah. so there's yeah. a two-part episode on that and uh yeah just just all these things that are considered evil in metal um are things that i address and it's a tongue-in-cheek approach it's like this is not evil stuff this is just the devil metal and right. it has to be there to make the music the way it is. Yeah. And you can see, especially in, in uh, today's music, you know, you, the imagery of just having skulls or the devil, and you can see it's kind of like tongue in cheek. It's not serious, but as you've discussed in some bands that were really into the occult, like black Sabbath, uh, Jimmy page was into black magic. Right. So I'm I'm curious because um, I'm friendly with uh, Doug Goldstein, the former manager of Guns N' Roses, and I'm actually mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to try to grow up to be you, John. I'm working on my first rock book. I'm working oh, on a book. Yeah, I'm working on it with him. And cool. I'm not going to leave. Uh, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but he was talking about how um, Alan Niven, their uh, one the manager before him, and Izzy were really into black magic, and sometimes that would kind of scare the rest of the band off. So I'm curious if you had any, you know, uh, devil experiences or, or stories that you're aware of, um, whether it just be Guns N' Roses related or but of that specific time period, maybe. Well, I first of all, I would be really shocked to to, to find that Alan Niven was into into black magic because, uh, you know, he was a publicist for for Black Sabbath uh, before he uh, became a manager and uh he tells stories. In fact, in the heroin episode, he tells an amazing story about uh, touring with with Guns N' Roses when they're in the airport and Izzy and Slash are trying to get their heroin onto the <laughs> plane to Japan. And he says, uh, you can't know you, you're carrying. And they're like, yeah, but just enough to get us, you know, to get us to, to, to Japan. It's like, no, you never carry on an airplane. Get rid of it now. 
And he said their idea of getting rid of it was doing it all at once. So <laughs> the hilarity that ensues is, uh, is, you know, both hilarious and tra- it's not tragic because no one died, but, uh, People did, of course. You know what? Let me uh, let me ask about that because that was your first. That wasn't your first episode. It was a, a recent episode, right? That you spoke about our heroin, and I guess that's the devil to to use it kind of metaphorically. Um, what did you discover talking about the use of heroin and and rock and roll? In addition to yeah, we have the fun stories with Izzy uh, with uh, with Slash, but there are obviously very tragic uh, stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I um. I, I was at Rolling Stone when Alice in Chains put out their last album with Lane Staley. And uh, I flew over to Seattle to uh, interview them there, agreed to do the interview reluctantly, um, providing the whole band was on the cover, which the magazine didn't end up doing, not to my uh, knowledge at all until after it happened, really sucked. But uh, to get to the main point, um, yeah, it was uh, it was tough to do because clearly Lane was deep in the throes of addiction. And I wanted to report about how great this album was. But the album is also largely lyrically about drugs. And, right. um, you know, I could see the uh, the pin marks in his in his hands and uh, on his head. And, and clearly he was shooting up in numerous places. I addressed it with him and he did. Uh, in a roundabout way, admit it and say, well, so what? That's not what anyone should have as their concern if I'm using or not. You know, that's my business. If I make good music, that's what they should care about. Mm. And, and I agree with that. And, and addiction is absolutely an illness. And it's, a, it's a, a, a terrible thing. And I don't think he wanted to die. And I don't think he wanted to overdose. And I don't even think he wanted to be a junkie. He couldn't help it. He was just, he could not tear himself away from it despite numerous attempts. And that's the tragedy. That's why we call the episode, uh, absolute, uh, absolute evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I talked to Phil Anselmo who has stories about, uh, you know, over overdosing and, uh, being unable to function, uh, or, or kind of just going through the motions while hunting for, for drugs. And, and of course, Al Jorgensen is a big part of the episode. It's a two part episode, but, uh, I worked with Al on, on his autobiography, um, which was uh, Ministry, The Lost Gospels, according to Al Jorgensen. And he's an amazing individual in that he survived heroin addiction, lived to tell the tale, is as funny as they come, and will tell you the ultimate tragedy that he went through about crashing cars and overdosing and almost deciding to blow his head off. And then the craziest, funniest things you've ever heard about hanging out with uh, uh, William Burroughs and Tim Leary and what he learned from them and the crazy experiences they all had together. So I really didn't want to glorify the drug, but I did want to point out that those who survive it definitely have stories to tell. I appreciate you doing that. Not just talking about, of course, the fun, um, what could be the fun rock and, and metal, uh, devil and metal, but um, mental health. That's actually kind of like a sub theme of my podcast. Talk about mental health and addiction because it is real and it does affect the rock community. Uh, John, I know you got to run. I, I thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. We got to speak again because I want to talk because it makes me laugh. I saw the recent controversy of little Nas X in his Satan shoes. And all I, I know. Think, all I could think about was 
kind of a, your podcast and all the, the the real devil stuff and just whatever. We'll save it for next time. <laughs> Thank you, the John. The devil's back, baby. Yeah, and pop culture oh, yeah. is, is embracing the devil. It's weird. <laughs> Horns high. Thanks so much, John. <laughs> Thank you. All right, now it is time for news. Time for shotgun news with uh, Greg Ranoff, who we've had on the program before. Uh, he's author extraordinaire, uh, Van Halen Rising and Ted Templeman. Uh, his legacy, his work with Van Halen, and just uh, you know, so what, what do you call him? A super uh, super producer? Is that how you phrased it? Uh, yeah. So like, so uh, yeah, Band Magazine called him a super producer in 1980, and so I felt pretty pretty. Um free to call him super producer on the cover of the book or whatever. Yeah. I figured, you know, if they called him it, I'm going to call him it. If it was, if it was good, if it was good 30 years ago, it's good now. So yeah. Right on. And both books are just so well received, uh, not just by the Van Halen faithful, but just the rock and roll uh, listenership. So I, I appreciate you coming on because our worlds are colliding again. Cause I think the first time I had you on was just to talk about appetite for destruction versus Van Halen's debut. But now we have news. I am, uh, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I, I don't break Van Halen news. That's not what I do, but, um, you know, whatever, um, you know, there's some, there were some festival dates that were popping up for Wolfgang in here and then I figured, okay, that's what they're going to do. They're going to do a run of, they're basically going to, you know, probably ease into it with some festivals in the fall and then they'll go maybe tour indoors, maybe when, um, when the weather gets a little bit colder or whatever, but the, the, the announcement I was, <laughs> I was, I'd be probably as shocked as you or anybody else if they had, they had, uh, come to be uh, the opening act on the guns and roses tour, meaning uh, mammoth WVH and Wolfgang Van Halen. I thought that was like super, super surprising. Um, I mean, not surprising insofar that I think it's, I think it's a perfectly great pick for, but I was like, you know, there was no inkling that that was happening. So they kept it real quiet and like really, it was really a cool surprise. It came out of left field uh, as they kind of say, cause I got my, cause the, the, the new guns and roses dates are, well, there's a mix of new and rescheduled. So the uh, the dates that were canceled because of that thing called COVID, you may have heard of it, a bunch of rescheduled dates. So uh, are you going to any of the shows? You've been to Giants, I used to call it Giants Stadium, but East Rutherford uh, MetLife Stadium because I'm going to that uh, that show. Yeah, I'm going to try to hit Dallas. So that's probably where it's going to work for me schedule-wise when they come okay. through um, Dallas. Um there was some talk of me and my brother maybe going to Atlantic city. Um, he actually saw guns and roses there, um, pre slash reunion, whenever they played some, some dates down there and it's a, it's a kind of a smaller room, but it's a really, really cool space. But I, I think it's probably going to work out to go to, um, to Dallas. But yes, I've seen, I have seen guns and roses in the old giant stadium. Now, sadly departed for uh, MetLife stadium. I've not seen a, a, okay. a big concert there yet, but that'll be a great place to see a concert. Because I was hoping to witness and experience Mammoth with uh, with you as well. The we'll future is not yet set, so who knows? Maybe I'll be able to make it there. But that I look, I am yeah, super excited to see this this tour. But I believe uh, when it was announced that uh, Wolfie's mom, uh, Valerie uh, Bertinelli, that she announced she's going to the Hershey, Pennsylvania show. Right. Like I'll see you guys there. I think she tweeted. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 one of these. Uh, these tours that is actually going to have a bunch of stops, you know, it's not as, you know, it's not obviously as elaborate as some of the tours were decades ago or whatever, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think for most people in the country, it'll be able to be a doable thing where they can get to it, you know, and like, like, Oh, well, sometimes it's just like, not just guns and roses, but anyways, like it's like playing Los Angeles, they play you know, Boston, Chicago, New York, 
St. Louis and it's like there's whole swaths of the country that don't get to see the band. So this is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hershey, Hershey will be a smaller, a, a relatively smaller, um, uh, venue as well. So that would be a cool place to see them. Have as well. you been there? Because I'm going, I'm making the trip. Cause I'm glad uh, I have not been to that venue. Um, okay. I have not, um, the, uh, but that was, it was like the late nineties that it ended up started doing concerts there. And so it's, uh, it's, it's from what I've understood, it's a pretty good place to see a show. So yeah, you're, you're going to hit a couple shows. And I'm excited initially. Cause I was talking about it. I was hoping to see, uh, cause I am going to Chicago, um, I don't know, like in a few weeks and it just so happened that the original rescheduled date for, uh, Guns N' Roses Wrigley field was supposed to be happen during that time. Wow. And even though, and I did this, I try to do breaking news, Greg, but it's, I don't know. I'm not Walter Cronkite. It, it is what it is. I called like the, uh, the ticket master, like the other, uh, the rep, I believe at Wrigley field. And right. She, she confirmed it. She confirmed it. You know, Guns N' Roses has confirmed, right? I forget what her name was. Shirley. Yeah. And the next day, that's when mammoth made the announcement. That's when Guns N' Roses made the announcement. Some dates changed. I was like, ah, oh, come on. Thankfully I don't have like a, you know, I'm not on like a big uh, like TV news network where I'm like held, <laughs> held to any real standards. <laughs> it's like Snopes, fact check false. I know. Brando. I would be like, I would, you know, off the air. Pinocchios or something like that. <laughs> I, I said that from day one. I'm just a, That's funny. a fan that works in radio and yeah. my best in journalism. I, I, you know, like when I, I grew up to be Greg, when I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best uh, 10 Templeman. Uh, out of play right now with Doug Goldstein. Yeah. Nice. Then when, you know, that was my weird, see, when I sit down and write, I can get the words out properly. You would yeah. think that of a podcaster, Yeah, That's, but no, I will get all my facts correct when, uh, during the, the book and I'm inspired uh, by, uh, by you and all your feedback. Very cool. Yeah. Doug is going to have some interesting stories to tell. No doubt. He is all about the- David Lee Roth. <laughs> I keep wanting to tell you. That's the thing. I'm like, I can't tell him yet. I don't, don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you gotta, gotta save it for the book. Save it for the oh. book. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, it's gonna be. That's gonna be great. I mean, that's a really. Uh, it's going to be a rich vein to tap of of gold and stories. It, it is. Well, let's let's like we gotta talk about them now because we have, we're gonna talk all summer. I feel because of now that the Van Halen and GNR ties, but. Uh, I thought it was an absolute home run. Home run. I was like, "What's really going to get me excited other than just Guns N' Roses is back?" Obviously, new music, but I, you, you don't know. Soon is the word. But when I heard Mammoth was opening, I was like, "This is perfect." Like this was just such a. There's an excitement to debut this band. So I guess to ask you, who is in the band? I know Wolfgang made that fun video where he plays every instrument, and he like he is the band. But so, like, uh, who's he going out with? Yeah, so um, I believe it'll just be the the the, uh, the, the unit that he's had. Um, been, you know, he's been on television shows with as well. So I think it's going to be Frank on guitar who played with Slash, and it's going to be uh, Garrett Whitlock who played drums uh, for Chamonti, uh, Ronnie Ficaro, bass, and then uh, Wolfie. I think, unless I'm missing someone, I hope I'm not missing anyone. I think that's I think that's going to be the the uh, the lineup. Unless there's another, unless there's going to be a touring another another touring guitarist or something, I don't think so because Wolf plays guitar, so I think that'll probably be the the lineup. And is that important? Because you know, obviously, when we speak about Mammoth and when all the the articles come out, it's Wolfgang Van Halen, and maybe Mammoth is kind of like used as a secondary term for us not non Van Halen diehards. Is there a reason why he 
went with Mammoth, and I'm sure he's spoken about it, but maybe you get your opinion. Does he want a band as opposed to being like a solo artist with the backing band and maybe members going in and out? Is it important to him to kind of have these guys? Is this going to be Mammoth for a while, you think? Yeah, I think I think it is meant to be a band a band project, not just a Wolfgang solo project. And also, I, I just was I just did a, did a fact check on myself, and so uh, John Jordan looks. I think that's hopefully how you say his name. Um, looks like he also he's the guy who's going to be. I thought there was another member who's going to be um, touring with them. So it's it's Ronnie, John, Frank, Garrett, and and Wolfgang. I think that's going to be the touring uh, lineup. So the band project. So yeah, my. my my take on this is that and I'll give you the, the backstory is that I, I believe as far back as a 2015, 2016 Wolf was or earlier Wolf was writing earlier than that Wolf was writing songs and had song ideas. And at some point he decided he wanted to take on um, the challenge of trying to play all the instruments on the record. And of course, this is where we all can sort of recognize that there's like there's musicianship and there's like you dabble in music. And then there's like the sort of like, mind-blowing type of musicianship where you can be like oh yeah i can play bass i can sing i can play guitar i can play drums and that's wolfgang um you know as we all famously know eddie started as a drummer and wolf has told this great story about how when he's young i don't know how old he was i should know but maybe he was like six or seven maybe younger um his father put magazines on a table and it was like do this like hit this go bump 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 like and try to see if he could keep time and he could do it and i and um I think Wolfie or maybe it was his mother who told the story that Eddie was like, yes. Like he was like, he's like, he's got it. He's like, he can like, cause he was afraid he was going to be like, uh, like he did, you know, whatever. He didn't have the musical gene or whatever, but that was the first, the first um, real sign. And then the interesting thing is that from what um, everyone says, and we Wolf played drums with Tremonti uh, and right. his voice pretty incredible that that's actually his like in theory like his best instrument like he's actually like he's like one of the most gifted as a drummer versus a guitar player or bass player he's obviously great at those as well and so I think that was the idea to try to do the challenge of I'm going to play all the instruments rather than bringing in guys to play um, on the on the album now whether that continues in the future I don't know if he's actually said he may have said one way or the other um, but, but I I'm not sure that he's committed I know he's talked about how he has more songs written that, you know, from this long layoff, which, um, you know, God bless him and his family. Part of that was that the album was finished. I believe it was done in 2017, but because Eddie's health was so fra- uh, fragile that Wolf decided to say, no, I'm not going to go out on the road. I'm not going to basically, he knows once he starts this, puts the album out, he's going to be committed to doing media. Right. And I presume as well, kind of putting his father under the spotlight health wise, which he probably, you know, the guy was, was quite ill and I can understand why, if, you know, it's not like his father's some unknown guy. It's like, yeah, everyone's going to ask about how's your dad? No, how's your dad? Right how's your dad? It was the right yeah. decision. I mean, it yeah. matters, but no, I, he did the right thing. And so he, he basically put the shelf, the project for the few years um, until it was, um, it, you know, he felt it was time. And it's, and you know, that was the thing. It was almost um, his father passed and he's like, let's go, let's do it. You know, that's what his dad wanted him to do is to put the music out. And, uh, and so, yeah, so that's the, uh, that's going to be the touring unit. And then, uh, yeah, I think the, uh, the real question will be, you know, what will it be like to watch these guys play a full, a full set? I mean, they've done right. some TV appearances and there's been, there's a live video they just put out, which is really cool, but there has not been a, you know, the ability to see them, them play a full, full set, but these guys are all, you know, seasoned, um, Frank played with slash which I think is also kind of interesting. I'd like to know how that 
you know, that's gotta be part of the connection there. That's kind of that, um, right. Probably didn't hurt. Right. I'm, 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 I think that wouldn't have made a difference one way or the other in some ways, but that probably didn't hurt to have that connection there as well. Um, and, so, uh, it's Frank Sidoris, uh, on the podcast. Yeah. And I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be cool to have that. I mean, you know, in my, in my dream, which we know, well, you know, just cause how, how logistics work on these types of tours, it's like Slash is going to come out and he's going to jam with Wolf or something. They're going to like jam something <laughs> like, you know, they're going to jam some cool song or something like that. And like, you know, Frank will be jamming with Slash again or something, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing I would, I would definitely say that I'm looking forward to in terms of tours, hearing these, these songs in a live context, because, you know, the way that albums are released now, it's, it's completely different than it was when, you know, when, um, you know, when Use Your Illusion came out where you had the lead single, Don't Cry comes out. And that was kind of the, what would kick off the release of the record. We're now understandably. So the new, the new, demo, uh, the, the new model for the new consumer demographic of music is to put out the songs. You know, you've heard all, you've heard, more than half of the album anyway, typically with any um, big release that comes out. So it's going to be now that, you know, you have that familiarity with the music already that the album, hear the rest of the songs, it's going to be cool. We've been living with some of these songs and like distance for, for months and to kind of have that, that live experience is going to be really cool. Um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be, I guess my point is it's like, it's different from sometimes if you caught a band early in the tour, you may have only had like the album when you're a kid for like two weeks or a week, sure. you barely have a time to digest the you songs and you're all. seeing the band. No. Yeah. And now you're like, yeah. And now you're like, Oh, you know, you've, you've kind of lived with the music. So it's going to be cool to see the, see the band um, put, play these songs that have been out and about for several weeks and months. It makes me think is Wolfgang is, he's so brilliant on, on Twitter, not just as a musician, but <laughs> he's like all the criticism I would get that like, Hey Wolfie, where, where's the music? Where's the music? Now you're giving me too much music. You're giving me the album already. It's like, what do you want from me? So he's, yeah, uh, you know, he's great. He did the, uh, he did this article. Um, he sat for an interview um, with Mark. I think it's Mark of uh, Arcone of uh, spin. And uh, it was really interesting to read what he had to say. I believe it was in this, uh, this article. And if not, I apologize where he said, you know, people tell me to turn the other cheek and like, don't let the haters get to me. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I've been dealing with people being, um, let's say less than kind since I was 15 years old. He's like, they don't let's go away. It's not like they're just like, Oh, I said my one thing. And then I'm going to start being, you know, do something else. He's like, they basically, these trolls like sort of like hang on. And of course, you know, Wolf had a heavy, in some way, heavy responsibility to kind of step into Van Halen. And then there's all that, you know, we don't have to rehash that, but all the sort of, uh, I would say band politics that went along with that. I mean, you know, as, as Wolf has said, and I think anyone who's logical about this, he said it just in this recent interview, it wasn't like Wolf was like, I'm putting my foot down to bad. Either I'm in Van Halen or, you know, like, or whatever. And like I said, like, okay, I guess you're in Van Halen. You know, obviously it was, it was his uncle and his dad, obviously who were like, you know, it was, it was the uh, people thought, you know, a higher ranking in the band hierarchy who were making the decisions and basically said, would you like to play? And of course it's like, well, yeah, who wouldn't want to play with their dad. So, but you know, I, it's a, you know, it's a weird, you know, it's also for, I say weird that it's alien to me and you where you have both your parents are celebrities, right? You not only just have like one parent, you have both parents are celebrities. And so it's like, right. you know, you, 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 you grew up in this, you grew up in a, and again, I'm just sort of imagining what it would be like. I don't know personally, for myself or and I don't think Wolf's ever talked about this, but you're growing up in like a tabloid universe where like your parents are celebrities. And so like the national Enquirer is saying this about your mom or your dad all the time. It's sort of like, it, they, they yeah. go bad stuff too. It's right. Like it's right. It's you know, like, it is brilliant. And I, yeah. I look forward to him tweeting on the road. 
I hope he tweets on the road. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Um, I can live tweeting and be like, you know, his sets over. Be like, where's Axel? He's he's gonna be late again, or you know, <laughs> which Axel's not late anymore. I know. Don't have the GNR people come after me. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, like well, cheek, he would he would do. I, I, do you I, I, see I, anything like that though? Uh, obviously, we we're all like pontificating and just like uh, we were playing like a rock and roll fantasy sports in our brain. You know, what could happen? Well, I think I think Wolfie should be late. I think Wolfie should just like come out like six hours late and like make the guns like make the guns make <laughs> Axel wait till like two in the morning. You know, uh, I, I know lots of your uh, listeners had the same experience, but I, you know, I saw them at Giant Stadium with Metallica, and I don't remember. I I'm still trying to figure out exactly what time they came on. It was late, man. It was late. It was after midnight for sure, for sure. When Axel came. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I know a lot of people dealt with that. I think, you know, it's not unique, but yeah, it's like, it was not a joke. It was like a real thing for anyone who remembers, you know, it was like, it was like, yeah, you get home 2.30 in the morning and like the union fees are getting overtime fees. Like, you know, it's like New Jersey, it's like big union state. Like you can imagine they're like, and that's another thousand dollars and another thousand dollars. Like every second or something, they were late. You know, I was like, I don't care. I don't want to play yet. I think that was part of the reunion be on time like you yeah. can't do this anymore <laughs> oh my god and uh, doug was just telling me about it and he says what we all say it wasn't even like groundbreaking i mean we'll read about like his conversations with axel but it's like he has like a four hour rehearsal time it's not like he's just you know dicking around whatever right. so like his prime like voice time is like 2 a.m and then he goes out and he has a great show. And sometimes like he, uh, he'll go out and like, why are people leaving, you know, early? And Doug's like, it's a Wednesday. People work. Why do you think people are going home, Axel? I love it. I love it. Yeah. It was like, it was crazy. It was like, it was like, yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's a different, like you said, a different Axel, a different era. And, uh, you know, I'd be also be curious as how long they get to perform. Um, you know, yeah. the guns, the gun shows are, uh, I saw them on the last, the last couple of years, I saw them here in Tulsa and they play, you know, play more than two hours. If I remember it was, it was at least two hours. So hopefully 45 minutes, hopefully they'll get to play all their, you know, you have the one album material and, you know, maybe we get lucky and maybe he premieres something new or something like that. Or, um, because, you know, the, uh, interviews that Wolf has done recently, he's talked about how he has, you know, had uh, significantly more finished songs than went on the record because he had had such a long, you know, you have this crazy long time to work on a record that you were hoping to put out True. four years ago. And you've had, so there's, you know, there's a, there's a, um, in the in quote unquote, in the his song catalog, he has songs out that, uh, finished that haven't been released. So maybe we'll get one of those two or something, but I think it's going to be, I mean, I think it's going to be great for fans and I think it's going to be, um, I, I have to expect it's going to be very, um, in some ways probably emotional, but also very cathartic for a Wolfgang. Again, this is me just imagining what it would be like. You kind of like yeah. the last time I was on a big stage, I was on it with my dad at the Hollywood bowl. You know, it's things have changed. Unfortunately, he's passed away and now we're stepping into a new mm. chapter in my life and I'm out with my own band. Um, wow. I think it's probably going to be, yeah, it's going to be uh, a very, um, you know, to be on tour for the first time like that without his father and without his uncle too. Let's, let's face it. I mean, that's, you know, that's true. Uh, he's, he's all grown up. You know, he's got to- <laughs> as he, yeah, as he said, like, you know, he's like, when people call him kid. He's like, I'm 30. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, funny. He's like, I don't know how old you think I am. I'm not 15. I'm 30. He's I'm really not, funny. I, yeah. He's funny. He is funny. 
you know, I'll, I'll bring on the competition. He needs to start a podcast when he, when he has downtime oh from God. the music, he's just, I don't know. He just has a, a future in entertainment, but then again, I mean, look at his mom, you know, so he, uh, he can do both. He, he can act obviously. And, uh, you know, personality and obviously has the musician, uh, the musician thing down. So, and you um, know, look, and honestly, the thing too, has been really refreshing for me too, uh, is that, I mean, the rollout, the people working with him, his uncle Pat and some of these other, whoever else is on his team from Explorer one music, they've done a really good job. Um, I know there's a lot of talented people behind him who are helping make this role. I mean, I think it really considering you start from the devastation of losing your dad and then having to put music out. I think it's really gone really well where they've had um, some really good um, opportunities for him to do interviews on Howard Cern, but also to be able to perform um, on a, you know, a lot of different, uh, morning shows, other types of shows. And I think it's, you know, the videos have been, as you said, funny, entertaining. Um, it's, it's been a really I great, yeah. great to watch it. So, you know, I, I just, again, I don't know Wolf personally, but I, you have to empathize with having that two years with a really, really sick parent. You're hoping it's going to get better. And it's just looking worse and worse as time goes on. And then to kind of have the kind of come out at the other end of that and be able to kind of, you know, just do something that's sort of productive where it's not, you know, you can kind of grieve and yet be feeling like you're moving forward with something that your dad would be proud of. It's got to feel, it's got to feel good from that standpoint. Like, yeah, he would be, like he says, he would be proud. Any parent would be proud. Like, you know, you're going to be opening for guns and roses. That's, that's, uh, that's like, you know, that's just awesome. I mean, just, so it's, it's really cool. And he's going to, you know, he's been on big stages before. I mean, you're 15 years old and you're playing with Van Halen. That's, I think that's a baptism by fire. So you're, you're, you're good. I mean, nothing, nothing else is going to happen on stage is going to be chopped that in terms of difficulty. I would think. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm looking forward to, you know, just seeing him, his career grow where it goes, but I will say this, Greg, cause I, I, I put in a request so far. It's like at the beginning stages, it may not happen. I'm, I'm low level. I'm not Howard Stern. But if I do get Wolfgang Van Halen on the podcast, yeah, would you be my co-host for that? Well, I mean, there's no doubt I would okay. be honored, of course. Um, and oh. if Wolfgang prefers just to have you, I will not be. I will be. You know, he just wants to be a one-on-one. It's okay. that's good too. But I would be. I would be honored to talk to him. I, I, I would need you. I mean, you're the Van Halen. <laughs> I, I have a good that's, that's, that's where you got to pull the Howard Stern for you, the, the leverage. Right? You're like, come on, Wolf. Well, sorry, Wolf. You just can't come on with me unless Greg's there. Okay. Uh, well, if you put it that way, I guess all right, we'll have to be that way. Yeah, my dreams. Has my he, dreams. Has he, does he know who you are? Does he know? Uh, yeah. Yes, I think he's aware of who I am. Okay. Uh, all right. There you go. Yeah, he's, he's been very... Uh, uh, cool with me i would just say i just if i'm i'm uh, appreciative that he understands where i'm coming from as a fan and as a, a writer and a historian and i you know a big fan and just a uh, a person who has a i would say a, a positive outlook on all things van halen and uh but yeah it's like you know it's uh there's a what did i say you keep your uh, your friends close and your enemies closer or something like that so he's uh he's you know he's he's uh it's funny he's uh the one thing I would say about Wolf is that he watches, you know, I'm always like, I'm like, you know, there's like, you tweet and you're just like, he's going to see that. And I, you know, it's not like you're, <laughs> I'm censoring my stuff, but self, but it's like, it's, it's, um, I would just say this in all, with all respect to his uncle Pat and to Wolf, you know, before they were like super active on Twitter and, and like on Instagram, there was a lot easier, like there's a lot less fact checking. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I, I don't know if you guys follow people don't fa- follow, um, Pat Bertinelli. So that's uh, PB 93. He's on Twitter and Instagram and he's, he's a 
very chill guy, but you know, he also like will fact check people. They'd be like, there was one hilarious thread that happened where some guy was saying stuff and he's like, it's funny you put it that way. Here's the thing. I'm uncle Pat. I'm actually Wolfgang's uncle. He was Valerie is my sister. And I was actually there when this happened. Like, so what you're telling me and telling us, isn't actually accurate. You know, we appreciate your input, but it was like, very, like you said, it, and it was just like thread ending. It's like, okay, we're done. You know, they, they, they uh, you know, having those guys there is like, um, like I said, it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, as fans, when we were kids, teenagers, you couldn't imagine, like, you could tweet, like, you know, like somebody like Slash could respond or whoever, or Axel, <laughs> Axel could respond. I, I, <laughs> I, you see that I just randomly tweet at him? There's no reason. I'll be like, you up at the Axel? What you You're right. You're hoping it's going to be like that famous Chicago rant. Like, he's going to, like, put it in a video and he's going to be standing with the microphone. I know. He's going to be like, at Axel Rose. Some, some people at the Appetite Podcast think that I'm, you know, like, doing the whole, like, Axel thing. I'm, like, you know, I be like, be, you, you figured me out. I want to be getting the ring, too. I want okay, to be. Exactly. I guess. Get the like, ring, too. I was like, at Axel, dot, dot, dot. Oh, that's so, hilarious. So, you excited to tour? You know, one of the, and my listeners always like tweet gifts about tumbleweeds because he's just not responding. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, oh, I mean, he finally yeah, like, tweeted this year. Did you see he tweeted um a picture the the logo of the because they're playing it's the kickoff show at the, yeah the arena in Las Vegas, but that obviously Mammoth is opening up for. So he he tweeted that it's like a mix of the the Guns N' Roses logo and the Raiders logo. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that, it's cool. I mean. It's going to be great. I mean, yeah, it's going to be great. And I think, I mean, that's the thing I really is, uh, you know, circle back. It's like, it's really a pretty incredible moment for all of us as fans to be able to have like, yeah, it's like, you know, like you have the ability to really interact with bands, either it be Wolfgang or, or guys from Guns N' Roses who might or may not respond depending on their NDAs or whatever the word. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's like, a whole conversation. I mean, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But it's still, it's like, you know, you it's, it's being a, watched, you know, you said you're being watched, Tom huh? being watched. <laughs> no, I just, and, I, and, I, and I'm not being critical of those guys at all. I'm just saying like, you know, there's like, you know, it's, um, it's like, I don't, I like to call those guys. It's like, I know I'm older, much older than Wolfgang, but it's like adult, adult supervision, you know, like Pat and Wolfie are like well, adult supervision. And like, um, you know, just, they'll just like kind of call people out and be like, that's not right. Like, that's not true. And you're being a dick and thank you very much. And it's sort of like, it's, you know, it's sort of like, like the schoolyard kind of gets in order. Like, all right, everybody guys, calm right. down. Okay. This is getting a little out of hand. And those guys are, you know, those guys are super cool and uh, have been um, just great. I mean, like they've always been great. And I'm most um, very, very excited to see, like you said, like, you know, and, and uh, no offense to Ed and Al, they just came from a different generation where social media wasn't their thing. Right. It was just, wasn't the brothers. Um, and so to have Wolfie be like, so, dialed into that stuff is great it's really cool for us as fans where you're going to get pictures and you're going to get videos and like you just yeah. kind of know like it's going to be like and again not coming from like the, the media person it's going to come from a lot of it probably for he'll be busy but he'll he'll be you know delivering like cool stuff like you'll be able to see those guys warming up i'm sure i'm sure it's going to be like this so that's going to be incredible and uh yeah i think it's going to be uh you know i think it's going to be as cool of a tour as we're going to get all year long. And honestly, after COVID and after how much that has sucked in so many ways, I was like, you know, honestly, I was, that's why I meant when we first started, I said, I was so shocked. I was literally really like, I was, I was super, when I heard, I was super happy for, for Wolf and for um, his band, but also I was just, I just didn't, I don't know what I didn't see that 
coming. I mean, just because they were filling out these festival dates, right? Because they were filling out these festival dates. And I just thought, okay, that's the plan. Because, you know, things are kind of a little still still uncertain with COVID when they were booking the dates. You're thinking, okay, everybody outdoor shows, do festivals. And that's cool. Like, you figure, like, most people are going to, like, kick it off in, like, you know, 2022. Like, some bands are doing that. Like, obviously, they're just kind of punted everything. And I thought maybe that's Wolfie's going to, like, they were going to, like, basically slow walk their way into the next year, which would make sense. Um, And that's understandable. But to have that sort of major major slot it's great it's awesome i'm looking forward to seeing it unfold uh date by date a couple times in person maybe you know you and i will cross paths this summer you never know that would be great that'd be great uh but at the very least we'll be talking again because this is just like you said it's going to be a great tour to to watch and i'm excited so thank you greg for for coming on and uh looking forward to the next time we chat you're welcome. Anytime. Thanks, Greg. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. I will give you a preview of some upcoming guests. Roy Orbison Jr. will be coming back on the podcast. He was a great guest last time he was on. He made some, I guess, controversial statements about the Rolling Stones. And he, he actually texted me the other day. And oddly enough, I was thinking about him. And so I guess it's fate that we do a part two. And he's like, I have more controversial statements. Uh, I, you know, he wants to talk Guns N' Roses. He wants to talk about Buckethead. So it's going to be fun to talk to uh, Roy Orbison Jr. again. And also, Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth. He has a new horror movie out, Baphomet. And I watched it uh, as a horror movie fan. It's got plenty of uh, blood and guts and, and gore and all the stuff that I like. So we talked to Danny Filth about that and, you know, what the six degrees of GNR bacon are to Cradle of Filth. They have a they have a T-shirt uh, called Parasite City, a nice homage, and they played some I believe some festivals together, same bill. So we'll see uh, what Danny has to say about Guns N' Roses, and another repeat guest, another guy I'm excited to have back on the show, Josh Todd from Buckcherry will be coming back on the podcast. Very excited, Buckcherry's new album out as well. All this new music and uh, none from Guns N' Roses yet, yet I. I it's going to be real interesting once they hit the road. You're, you're hearing, uh, you know, you, if you hear, like, I've heard some radio commercials about, like, an all-new show, and they're really, they push that. Like, why say that? What's going to be new other than maybe a couple songs? Like, can you really build it as an all-new show? So, I don't know. I'm obviously excited. Uh, I, I bought, you know, tickets to the two shows. And we'll see. We'll see if uh, another, a third or comes uh, as the summer goes on. But we're going to talk to Greg as the summer unfolds about uh, Mammoth and Wolfgang Van Halen. It's just going to, it's going to be a fun summer to hang out on Appetite for Distortion. So uh, what is the next episode uh, going to contain? Who's the next guest going to be? It's going to be one of the names that I mentioned. It's going to be somebody else. Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. security, I'm going home.